The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Infertility Podcast. Our guest for this episode is the founder of Wombless and Worthy. She will be speaking to us about her fertility journey and a condition that affects one in 4,000 to 5,000 women, MRKH syndrome. Welcome, Stacey. Thank you so much for joining. Hi. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome. So before we get started, can you provide some insight of who you are, what you do, any personal or professional highlights? You can even talk about your page. Um, anything that you would like to share before we start getting into the questions? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so I am currently a resident. Um, I went to my master, uh, Northwestern to get my master's degree in prosthetics and orthotics. So wow. prosthetics is artificial lens, orthotics is any type of supportive bracing for the body. Um, so I'm in my my first year. I'm almost done, which is crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what I've been, been doing and, and working and learning a lot. It's been a lot working, kind of coming right out of school and working smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's been a journey. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining. We appreciate it. So let's get into um, some of the questions that um, we had. And um, we really hope that this episode sheds light on um, this syndrome. A lot of people, including myself, um, before Stacy contacted me, I had no idea um, about the syndrome. So um, can you please tell us or explain to us what MRKH syndrome is? So MRKH stands for mayer rokitansky kusterhauser syndrome, and it's a rare syndrome. Um, like you said, affects you know four, one in four thousand to five thousand women, um, and so you're born without a uterus and with an underdeveloped vaginal canal. Wow. Um, so basically, like I, there I will have to have a physical uh, a surgical operation to be able to have to be sexually active. Um, and then I can't, I don't have a uterus and I'm unable to carry a child. Wow. So it's, it's, it's a lot involved, um, getting diagnosed with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much the, the brief description of it. Wow. And you know, the number one in 4,000, one in 5,000, you would think that, you know, more people would know about this, right? Um, and it is something that a lot of people who, you know, don't know. I think, you know, for me, I was very naive, you know, to think, okay, you know, you're, you're born, everything is kind of there. Um, so when did you learn you had MRKH and what was your initial reaction? So I didn't find out until I was 25. Um, And so I'm probably, September would be two years that I would be into my diagnosis. I'm about a year and a half in. Um, So at 18, I did go get an ultrasound um, just because I hadn't started my period yet. And in all honesty, I really wasn't like pressed to get one. Right. (laughs) I was like, I was like a lot of people 
say, you know, kind of this is like a scary thing, cramps and all of this. Um, and so at 18, I did have an ultrasound and the lady, she looked kind of puzzled and her reaction was like, oh, I think you're just like backed up or constipated and I can't, that's why I can't see a uterus. Um, and so that was something that at 18 was missed. Um, so I could have found out, I could have known then at that mm-hmm. point. Um, but so it wasn't until I was in grad school um, at Northwestern and I thought I had a UTI and I was like, what in the world is this? Right. Um, <laughs> and so I went to uh, an OBGYN and he asked me like, have you started your period? And I'm like, no. Um, and then tried to do a physical exam and was unable to um, just because there isn't an opening um, to be able to do an exam. And so he's like, well, let's, you know, let's go into this, let's do this process, let's figure this out. Um, so then that ended up with a, an, I did an MRI um, and an ultrasound as well. And so he just kind of called me and was like, yeah, there's no vagina, no uterus. Um, he said it looked like something was developing in utero, but didn't develop all the way. Wow. And so it was just, it was, there was no type of bedside manner in delivering this information. And it was done over the phone. Wow. Um, definitely could have been something that I could have been called in for. Because mm-hmm. that, I mean, this is life-changing information. Or um, ask if, if you're with someone or something like that, you know. Ex- exactly. Like, I was in like I had a break in between class and I was literally sitting in the student lounge Wow! Uh, when he called me and gave me this information and his office was in the same building as my classes. So he could have like gone the extra mile Correct. of asking like, Hey, can you come up really quickly to have this discussion? Um, yeah. And he just, he accused me of already knowing he's like, well, you already knew this because you went at 18. I was like, no, I, I didn't know. Like mm-hmm. it was kind of, up in the air about what was still going on, but it wasn't something um, concrete. And even with him, he didn't do the research on his side to figure out what was going on with me. Um, so that he like, when I asked him, so was I born without a uterus? He's like, oh, I can't answer that. I don't, I don't know, I, I can't answer that information. Um, which, and then after all of that was done, he then threw a surgery at me. Um, that creates the vaginal canal and he was like yeah it's similar to a gender reassignment surgery um if you want to go down that road I know some people and call me let me know and that was the that was the gist the of the gist conversation of the, that was the gist wow. of the conversation and and so I still had to go to another doctor because I wanted to officially be diagnosed with something um and then that's when she then didn't diagnose me with MRK. Wow. Do you think that part of the reason he may not have known is because this, maybe there's not enough research on this item or, you know, what are your thoughts surrounding that? Like, you know, yes, he did the job of deep, you know, digging deeper to find out, okay, this is what's kind of going on, but not to, you know, take it to the finish line, right? To give you a diagnosis. Um, where do you think that disconnect may have came from? Honestly, um, I still struggle with trying to understand that. Um, mm-hmm. I just realized in this situation that I deserve better. And I yeah. think, I know Grey's Anatomy isn't real life, but <laughs> like, I've watched 
I've watched enough of it to where like is something rare or comes up you know it's a bunch of people doing research it's a bunch of people asking questions to try to figure it out so um just kind of wishing he would have done the extra mile of that that like hey I don't know so then I can connect you with someone who does correct yeah Yeah, because there's a lot of specialists out there even if it's not your specific area you can hey say I don't I'm not you know privy in this area I'm not well educated in this area maybe you should see a specialist and you know just take that extra time and that effort so you said that you you learned of this in between your classes what was your initial reaction did you go to your next class you know what take us through the emotions that you felt that day um yeah I was angry I was very angry um because I was angry about the delivery I was angry about finding out at at 25 um, and I was also in the process of preparing for my final. So I was officially diagnosed like a day before my final. Wow. Um, So it was a lot of, and I was seeing a therapist at the time, but it was a lot of me telling her like, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. Mm -hmm. Like I have finals. I like, we have to interact with patients at school and I'm learning so much and school is already so stressful. And so it was me just putting things on the shelf and putting things aside. Yeah. Um, and I remember actually my classmate, because I was looking up, because I had a, I have a group chat with my friends and telling them about it. Um, and one of my friends being like, yeah, I think I've heard of that before. And telling me like, oh, I think it's this like MRKH and looking that up on my iPad in between classes. And I had a classmate come up behind me. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, but he, uh, he asked me, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, like, he's like, what's that? Cause it's on an iPad. So I'm right. not even, yeah, I'm not it's even the thinking open. about exactly yeah. how other people can see this. And I'm just like, you know, I just found out that I can't have children, which isn't, which is a small, which is the portion of MRK. It's not even the whole thing. Right. Um, and so, you know, he was just like, give me a hug and. I was like Aww. it's gonna be okay, but it, it was, it was that process of like I have other stuff to do, mm-hmm. and I can't deal with this. And um, it was it was definitely after my final, um, I like cried in my apartment on the floor, like yeah. really really ugly cry, like just like anxiety, like really just like inconsistent breathing. It was mm-hmm. just a lot because I was. I was hit with like everything at once. Right. Um, and it was just coming to to accept this new this new reality and that my emotions were just kind of like, I'm gonna show up regardless if you want me to or not. Yeah. Um, and it's grief, right? You know, sometimes we have to give things a name. And um, you know, in my process, I've had to learn that grief is part of it, you know, and sometimes we like you said, we kind of compartmentalize things and we're like, okay, we're going to put this on the shelf because I have to take care of X, Y, and Z. Um, And then it hits you, right? Um, And, you know, especially in our community, we don't talk about how much grief comes in play in this process, in women's health, in fertility, infertility. um, And, you know, for you to receive this kind of news at 25, I mean, can't even imagine how devastating that was and for it to be 
where it, you know, happened at school. Um, but, you know, I, I'm very much appreciative of that male student who, you know, took the time mm -hmm. out to show care um, because sometimes in a moment, all you need is a hug, right? To just kind of uh, like, yes, <sighs> yeah. Usa. And yeah. God sometimes sends you those people and those reminders um, along the way. So, I mean, I totally admire your strength um, and your perseverance through all of this and your ability to talk about this subject and be open and so transparent. Mm -hmm. So you talked about the moment of, you know, just finding out the emotions that came with it. Um, so what are some ways MRKH syndrome impacted your life, whether mentally, emotionally, physically, you've talked a little bit about the emotion, um, but what are, what are some ways that this syndrome has really impacted your life? I, I really think it's, um, I think just trying to redefine what it means to be a woman, mm. because like you said, you're taught um, as a woman, this is what you're born with. Um, and this is kind of what makes you a woman. Mm -hmm. um, and so just really taking the time to, to define that according to me with MRKH. Yeah. Um, and just supporting myself through the process and also being open to other people supporting me as well and being there for me and showing up for me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's been a lot emotionally. Um, I remember going to my first baby shower and that was a lot. Yeah. And I think I spent the whole day trying to pretend that everything was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, it's going to be fine. We're going to have food. Like I love baby shower food. Like it's going to be, it's going to be great. And, and I get to be around my family and we get to celebrate, uh, celebrate. Um, it was my cousin's baby shower. I'm going to celebrate her and that that was not the expectation that's not what happened mm -hmm. um it was very difficult for me to see her pregnant and like as a family and um and she has other kids as well and seeing that and realizing was this something I wanted that mm -hmm. was now kind of taken away from me um that that really only left me with with a few options Right. Um, but yeah, mentally and emotionally and and even, you know, mental health wise, I deal with depression. I deal with anxiety. Yeah. Um, so having those moments where you're just laying in bed all day because you can't really do anything else. Mm. Um and feeling disconnected from my body, um, feeling like as if my body betrayed me. And yeah. Gave me an apology, like a huge apology. Mm -hmm. Um but also in the process of learning how to forgive my body as well. Yeah. Wow. There's so much to um, unpack with what you just said. <laughs> so much, so much layers to this. Um, and I've talked about this in the podcast before of uh, baby showers and, you know, in my, in my years of singleness, it was wedding showers and weddings you know I was always the yeah. bridesmaid and never the bride um and then um we passed that seven years of waiting and then now I'm in a situation where I'm waiting once again to mm -hmm. you know get pregnant and um we you know I have a very large family I have a you know big circle of friends and support system so I mean people are getting pregnant left and right I feel like right. in 2019 yeah. I had a baby shower like every month it felt like you know mm -hmm. and you know 
everyone deals with things differently. And, I, and my hope is that this podcast, because we have listeners who are not, you know, in this journey, they have children, they're just listening because they want to be better, right? Mm. And one thing I would say is, you know, anyone listening out there, if you have a friend or family member who does not have children or may have this syndrome or is going through a fertility process, you know, be kind, be forgiving. Sometimes they will decline the invite, right? Um, But I would hope that people would be, have, you know, have a level of understanding for Mm -hmm. individuals going through this journey and have some sort of sensitivity towards it because it's not easy, right? And when I talk to some of my um, younger mentees and and they're trying to you know understand and I say okay think about something that you really want like you really want to graduate as an example that's something that maybe everyone kind of can relate to and you keep failing the same class and it's keeping you from graduation but all your friends are graduating and they're inviting you to their graduations they're inviting you to their graduation parties their photo their graduation photos are going viral right (laughs) so you're like come on I want to graduate too, you know? So, um, you know, there's a level of sensitivity. I feel, you know, we as human beings um, and especially in our community, we need to have more grace and more sensitivity towards this topic. Because like you said, most women, before they're attending the shower, they're psyching themselves up, right? Yeah. And then there's another group of women who it doesn't bother them, right? It is what it is. Um, and they're just kind of going through the motions and everyone is different. I think we just have to be understanding to each individual because each individual is dealing with something differently, right? Yes, yes. So um, when you contacted me, um, you know, you said something that I just love and it was like, okay, if you have any faith-related questions, you know, I'm open to them because I'm also sensitive to the fact that I have people come on that are not believers and I'm respectful of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was very happy that you were like, if you want to talk about faith and this subject, you know, I'm open to it. So how has your faith faith helped you navigate this journey? Mm. How has faith played the role? Um, I feel like I am, I I mentioned before, uh, forgiving my body and also forgiving God Mm -hmm. Um, and being extremely honest with God with how I'm feeling, whether if I'm like, God, I'm angry, Mm -hmm. um, that like, I'm grateful, but I'm grieving. Yeah. Um, Just, just, just really making sure that the, the relationship that I am rebuilding with him is very genuine and it's very honest. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times we're taught like, oh, you don't think these things, like you should just be grateful that, you know, you're not in, in, a, in a situation that's similar to someone else's or that's worse than, um, so therefore you should, you should just be happy. You should just be grateful. Like there's other options for you to still become a mother. So you should just be fine. Yeah. Um, and so just, just really, and really looking into how God defines me mm-hmm. and how God sees me and um, that being fearfully and wonderfully made included in my cage. Wow. And just that there is still purpose within that, that I am mm-hmm. still chosen, that he, like, 
he has a plan for me that is way bigger than the grief that I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really, really embracing that and embracing this this journey and that and not putting a timeline on it. Right. Um, and I think faith is is also allowing other people to show up for you and care for you mm-hmm. um, and putting like putting your your faith into other people and into a community to be there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me right now, I'm realizing being able to identify what I need and then who I can go to for that. Like mm-hmm. if I'm feeling this way and I, and I need a certain response, okay, I can go to this person. If I want more of a logical response or more of a person who find, who finds a solution, I can go to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, it's really just believing that there is a, a purpose that's just way bigger than me and way yeah bigger than the thing that I'm experiencing yes definitely and you know part of your purpose is shedding light on this right um I remember I um was on the po- a podcast with another woman who she has a child but um she's trying to have a second child and she said you know when she, she started her podcast a little bit after I did. And she said, you know, one of the reasons she did is because in that space, in the infertility space, there weren't that many women that looked like us, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, she wanted to be part of the community and talk about it because there weren't that many women that looked like us. And I think that's also important to say that, um, yes, there is definitely a huge um, community um, with women going through this journey, but oftentimes in our community, we don't discuss these type of topics, even in the Christian space, right? We, we, I grew up in church. I know church, you know, my father's in ministry. I come from a lineage of pastors and I mean, yes, we knew the stories in the Bible of women who could not have children. But I think even at a young age, we never said it was infertility, right? Um, And so there's just this disconnect with this topic, right? And I feel that we're put here to to be an advocate, to speak about these topics um, and show that women of faith, even though we're going through this journey, um, even though there are moments that our faith may waver, we're still on this journey and we still believe, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And even um, and even with faith wavering, I've I realized like there is nothing that I can do to like push God away mm-hmm. to the point that he's no longer going to like love and care about me. Mm-hmm. Like I could be angry. I could be emotional. Like I could just be like, God, we got to have a sit down conversation. Um, but like, he's, he's still going to be there for me. He's still going to love, love me. And there have yeah. been times where I'm just like, God, I don't think you're here right now. And I need you to show up. Like, yeah. Whether if that's through a butterfly, through like my friends or, you know, a stranger that I see walking down the street, but it's just, it's just like, yeah, like I need, yeah. I need to feel your presence. Cause I don't feel it right now. Yeah. Cause infertility yeah. can feel very isolating. It is very isolating. Um. I'm just loving this conversation. Wow. <laughs> so as an advocate for MRK syndrome um, awareness, what are some things you want others to know about this syndrome? 
because there's people like me, you know, if you never contacted me, maybe somewhere along the line, I would, you know, know and understand this topic. So for those who don't know um, about it and you're an advocate, what are some things you would like others to know? I think um, in addition to the infertility aspect, there is this part of feeling like a woman and feeling beautiful and just that that aspect that you go through of, of healing and grieving um, and building your confidence and your self-esteem back up. I think that's important for people to know. Yeah. I think um, for people who might not be within this community, just the, being able to understand that we aren't necessarily grieving like, oh, we'll never be a mom but we're grieving an expectation because we are taught very early on um, that this is how babies are made. Mm -hmm. This is how it happens. This is how quickly it happens. Yes. Um, And it's just like, (laughs) hands down, that's it. (laughs) So, um, so just like being, being able to, to understand that aspect of things. So instead of coming to someone with, oh, just pray about it or, oh, well, there's IVF and there's surrogacy, um, really showing compassion Mm -hmm. um, towards us. And I think because we don't really talk about it within our community, um, I would kind of put into a call of action for people who have these platforms for infertility that are predominantly the ones that I have seen are predominantly white, um, mm-hmm. but just taking the time to investigate and find, and to find like black faces and black yeah. stories, yeah, and and um, to do the work in finding them. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it becomes like, oh well, black women aren't sharing their story, so that's why we don't see it enough. And it's like, I know at least, you know, ten, <laughs> right. <laughs> that are sharing our story in your own circle Um, right exactly Uh in my my own circle and you know and just not putting the responsibility on the individual to then make a change or to come forward but instead going to go find it yeah Um, so yeah I think those are those are my little tidbits (laughs) yeah and you touched on something so you know big and the fact that you know, we are underrepresented um, and our stories are not out there. I was, um, I'm not sure if this podcast was released, um, but it's um, from Black Women Be Well and a great podcast. And she had me on to talk about infertility and my journey specifically and seasons. And I was talking about, and I think I'm going to do another, um, an episode specifically about this. Um, I was talking about the fact that going through um, this process and even seeing a fertility specialist, I was the only black face there. Mm -hmm. And with the women there, they may not even think I'm black, right? Because of maybe my skin color, my hair, but I'm black, blackity, black, black, right? Right, right. um, So 
and so is my husband and yeah. it's just been really crazy it's been a, a crazy experience and and what she equated it to she had someone on her podcast talking about breast cancer and breast cancer awareness and how it became this white woman disease right all you could see mm. in the marketing were you know white women and even the races were kind of geared towards that target audience but black women suffer from it too right exactly. um and whoever she had on was a um a survivor and sometimes we think okay this is this only impacts this group right but when we're talking about women's health it's all women it doesn't matter race color you know you know wherever they came from ethnicities it impacts all women and this syndrome yeah. here is something that um again it's something that needs to be brought to the forefront so people understand hey we have to be sensitive to the questions that we ask, you know, yeah. the comments that we make, like, oh, you're not married yet. Or, you know, God forbid someone was talking to you like, wow, you still didn't get your period. You know, how insensitive is that? You know, right. And how crushing that may be to you because you're reliving the fact that, hey, yeah, this is the situation that I'm in. Right. I often tell people sometimes I forget that I'm even dealing with this. Um, there's days where it's, it's not part of my mind, but somebody makes a comment. I'm like, wow, I didn't even think about this for the last 24, 48 hours, but this comment brought me back to, yep, to, exactly. to the subject, you know? Exactly. So um, I think, you know, the work that you're doing and the work that so many women are, are doing and bringing this conversation to the forefront will help those who are not going through this to know mm -hmm. kind of how to navigate conversations. Exactly. So I cleared this question with you and I wanted to be sure you were comfortable answering it because um, based on, you know, MRKH, the syndrome and, you know, what the doctors say, we know what God says and we know what, what the doctors may say. So this question is in regards to your future. So is having children still a desire? And if so, have you thought about what your future might look like? Honestly, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, it became not even considering having kids until someone told me that I could not. Got it. Um, so kind of living in this, like, oh, I thought I, I had a choice. I thought I, I had an option here. And it's like, no, like, your body already made that for you. Like, God created you that way where that was already made for you. Um, so I think for me right now, I'm embracing the, I don't know. Mm. I'm embracing, like looking into options, like going to a webinar or something, or, you know, looking at someone's Instagram live or listening to a podcast mm -hmm. and learning about the options that are out there. So then I can make the best decision. That's, that's for me. Right. Um, like I think about all the time that like, I think my dad would probably be like an incredible grandfather, mm -hmm. um, but just kind of grieving like I'm the oldest like and I can't I can't have I can't have kids and just like wow I would want to be able to give this to him mm -hmm. um but just just the I feel like there's this fear of not meeting expectations yeah um, and there's this fear of if I do choose to go down this route doing it alone yeah um because it's like you know, you have this rare syndrome and re navigating relationships is kind of difficult. 
Um, and so, we didn't even get into that piece, the whole yeah, dating. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> the whole dating situation. The whole dating, the whole dating situation. Yeah. I mean, um, and for most women that I talk to about the dating scene, they're like, it's not great, sis. Like <laughs> it's not great. It's not. It's not. I need to like. Uh, yeah, I don't need to. I don't know. <laughs> you need to add that as another prayer point. Like God, yes. okay, move yes, in this direction, is- and don't forget this aspect of it. Exactly. <laughs> like yes, I'm praying for this, but also don't forget this. Yes, this yes. is equally as important. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, just trying to figure out what's what's best for me, and, and not trying to meet the expectations of others or the expectations of the world. Mm-hmm. But kind of every as soon as you're born, um, every woman wants to be a mom. Yeah. Um, so just, just figuring out what that looks like for me. Yeah. I love it. But I love that you're embracing the, I don't know. Right. I love that's the way you, you framed it. Um, because that, that's a good place to be. Right. Um, because sometimes we're always kind of chasing the answer, chasing the solution. Um, but I do believe there's strength that comes and resting and resting in God yeah. and knowing what's next. Yeah. So as we and close waiting. out, oh yeah, Ooh, I know about the waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as we close, any words of encouragement or advice for women who may be going through something similar as you are, or just maybe on an infertility journey, any words of encouragement that you want to leave with us as we close out? Um, I just think I want, you know, this, this community to know that like we are so beautiful mm-hmm. and we are so worthy um, and that, you know, what we go through is very difficult and that makes us so strong. Yeah. And to really em- embrace our strength and to value our strength and to value ourselves as well and what we can still contribute to this world, um, you know, and just really just taking the time to love ourselves. And I think when it comes to sharing your story or sharing your journey, realizing that there is no rush to do that Mm. um and that you can do it at your own time and it can look however you want it to look or however you need it to look um and really just tapping into community and asking for help when you need it yes Um, yes and that it's and that it's okay to ask for help um that it's okay to just need a hug or need someone to or speaking to someone who understands exactly what you're going through yeah Love it. Thank you so much. So again, thank you so much for joining this episode. How can we connect with you earlier? I talked about your um, Instagram page, but how can we connect with you on social media, any websites, that sort of thing? Please let us know. Yes. I recently just started a new page. It's called Unwomless and Worthy. I've been like sitting on that for a while. (laughs) You get so wrapped up in Instagram and followers and likes and all of this stuff to just realize that like a lot of that isn't really important. Mm -hmm. Um, What's important is that you are creating content um, with God in mind. Yes. And that, you know, this, this information will reach whoever it needs to get to. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like really having no idea of what God is doing in the background when it comes to sharing your story. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's, a page I just started and my personal page is also connected to that page mm-hmm. um yep so I'm I'm just in the beginnings of it and watching it growing it's 
it's I, it's fulfilling. I really, I really enjoy it. So. Awesome. So yes, I will leave the information in the show notes for those who are tuning in. When you click notes, it will be a link that um, you can just click on and then add the page and check out all the information that Stacy is providing. And one thing I want to say before we close out is, you know, as you stated, yes, we get caught up in the numbers and, you know, we see people with 20K plus followers or what have you. And one of my coaches, business coaches, when I first kind of started, she said something and it's stuck with me the whole time. She said, an audience of one is still an audience. Mm, If you impact one person, you did what you were called to do. And so I lead with that. Um, and I know it could be frustrating uh, with people who may have started pages, pages is at, after you and it's just like booming and scaling. Um, but your impact is great. And sometimes you're impacting that one who will impact the millions, right? And so it's about the seeds that we plant and our reward is in heaven. At the end of the day, you know, the things that we're doing, um, our reward is in heaven. I, I, I really am just so amazed by what you, you've already have done. Um, and just being so open about this. Um, it's a very, very sensitive topic. So I want to thank you once again for joining. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Yes, and thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of the Infertility Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.